Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Donald Trump has gone to his arraignment in federal court today. There were apparently some protesters uh, that were out on both sides of the uh, the issue. Of Isn't Trump. it nice when you get to just like drive yourself to the arraignment? Right. Mm. That must be because they didn't let me take myself. Oh, no. <laughs> they arrested me at gunpoint at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was only charged at that, at that time with two things. Which Donald Trump's charged with like what? 30 37 counts. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he, the, the king was allowed the luxury of taking himself, not even being arrested, I'm sure, right? He has not been arrested, I'm assuming. No, I of course suspect not. There, there would have been has, riots. Yeah, I suspect he has been processed without the handcuffs being put on. He's probably, they probably took his fingerprints if they didn't already have them. Oh, I'm sure they had um, those. There was talk that they may actually get a mugshot this time. I don't know if they did or not. That has not or, been Do reported. they want to hand him the presidency? Well, like he's he's on really weak. If they had just left the guy alone, he would be done. But no, you're going to make him into a martyr going into the 2024 election. And this will actually galvanize and rile up his fan base, who otherwise were split between Trump and DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Well, you think the DeSantis people are going to come on over to support Trump now just because I think a lot of DeSantis supporters are ex-Trump supporters who became disillusioned and who will go back to Trump once they... Once Trump, you know, weaves well, the narrative think, that this is just the deep state continuing to target me because they know I'm a threat to them and I'm going to take down the elite pedophile ring or whatever, he'll win well, those people back. Well, let me as somebody who kind of liked Trump. I kind of liked him in the so much as he didn't fight a whole bunch of wars. Um, How much is true? And somebody who likes DeSantis even more. I like him. I was in Florida. And uh, I'll tell you what, we got to go to pizza shops and uh, things like that during COVID. And I like that. So, so was I. My, my experience, my belief is, um, well, I was in both New Hampshire and Florida. And I can tell you the experience in Florida was superior to the experience in New Hampshire in a variety of ways. Depends on how you measure it, I guess. Well, it, like freedom is one of the well, you've measures. Already I mean, if you're not trans, right? I mean, if you're trans, then you probably want to get out of Florida I right mean, now before they, on. you know, burn crosses you on the yard. We've already Go covered this uh, territory, Mark. We've already covered this territory with you. You admitted a few episodes ago that it depended on where you were in Florida. Some areas were much worse than others, and that was true here in New Hampshire as well, where Keene, which is where we live, was worse than Manchester, for instance. So it just all depended on uh, what was going on. And don't Thanks for, for that clarification. And don't forget that DeSantis locked down Florida, and he, uh, man, you know, he urged people to take the vaccine, and he even put troopers at the borders uh, of Florida early on to. Well, keep I, I hope I didn't sound like I thought that DeSantis was Harry Brown incarnate, like somehow Murray Rothbard had, uh, you know, just come back to rule us. I didn't think that. Okay, and I, I didn't think, think you were saying that, but you said you actually liked the guy, and I'm trying. I do to like tell the you, guy. He's I a had, scumbag. I... He's a scumbag snake who loves the uh, loves big government, loves the police state. He loves, uh, you know, pimping for Israel, just like, you know, your typical Republican and Democrat politicians do. He loves torture. Uh, He actually called for torturing people at Guantanamo Bay by forcing uh, food down their throats and then laughing and smiling, allegedly, while it was actually going on. He likes getting in the way of people's right to work. Uh, Yeah. What's the story behind that? Well, uh, they expanded that federal immigration thing. 
that was opt-in oh, or voluntary. Right. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah, thank you for that. Yep. And now, it, now it's mandatory in the state of Florida. Yeah, to say nothing right. of, you know, the the federal courts recently striking down the anti-trans legislation that DeSantis had, you know, championed and then signed. He also, uh, speaking of discrimination, signed a supposedly anti-discrimination law where he is going to go after people with felony charges if they say things that are offensive while committing a crime. So he supports the idea of hate crime uh, legislation. And this is just all the stuff that we know because we've been paying attention to the a-hole within the last six months. I mean, there's, I'm sure, tons of more stuff. Like, I've seen him signing every pro-cop bill that he could possibly uh, get his hands on. He's created all new uh, policing organizations there in Florida to enforce election law, uh, from, from what I understand as well. I mean, we could just go on and on about this guy. He is, oh, a, I know neo, you he is a neoconservative, and arguably... That makes him much worse than Trump. Now, look, I'm not uh, I'm not going to get on the Trump bandwagon or anything like that, but I think you are correct, Mark, when you pointed out that Trump is the least warmongering president of our lifetime at this point, and I think that's a pretty much uh, well. I was alive during Jimmy fact. Carter, and I'm going to have to give that title to Jimmy Carter. Um, Jimmy Carter didn't assassinate any foreign generals. Um, now, strategically, whether that's a good idea or not, like I'm not here to argue uh, those points. What I'm saying is, is as a guy who has some affinity for DeSantis and, um, you know, kind of liked Trump, what my uh, thought on the on the topic is, is that Trump wants the presidency in part so that he can slow down the investigation into himself. And I don't, as a citizen of the United States, I don't find that a motivating reason to vote for a guy. So personally, I see DeSantis, like all the rest of the candidates, as somebody who wishes to ascend to the highest uh, pinnacle of power. And I see Trump as that, plus a guy who's trying to forestall a uh, multiple felonies against him. So to me, I think that the felonies actually detract from Trump's campaign as opposed to add to it. Aria. I suspect that most Trump supporters and most Republicans uh, disagree. You're on Free Talk Live. Caller, what's your name? Matthew. Matthew. Michigan. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, North Korea stealing a bunch of Bitcoin. Oh, okay. I don't know if you heard about that. No, no. What What is the allegation now? I mean, I've heard they've allegedly done this in the past. Is there a new uh, incident? I believe it's new. I think it was like 600,000 in Bitcoin. 600,000 Bitcoin positive. or $600,000 worth of Bitcoin? Because that's a huge discrepancy. It's worth of Bitcoin. Yeah, dollars worth of Bitcoin. Okay. So okay. kind of chump change then for <laughs> right. North Korea. Yeah, like 20 or so Bitcoin, right? So what about it? I'm I'm not sure. Okay. What about it? Uh, they steal I was it from? curious if you heard about it and what you guys thought about it. Uh, Mark had a good question. Who did they steal it from? I don't know. Okay. So I want to talk about the guy. The United States government has stolen a hell of a lot more Bitcoin. Yes, than that. it has billions um, worth I of mean, Bitcoin. You know, when they went and got uh, Dread Pirate Roberts out of a. Um, library in San Francisco by creating a, a scene and then grabbing his laptop. I think they got many thousands of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there was the people who stole the Bitcoin from, was it Bitfinex? And they had like thousands of uh, of coins. They had billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin the federal government got a hold of. There was recently the one who stole it from Silk Road. That that guy got yeah, caught as well. He had yeah. like 3.4 billion dollars worth of bitcoin or something mm-hmm. and now now it's in custody of the u.s government 
Yeah. Okay. Also, he got less how than a year in prison. Able to, how are they able to steal it? Well, the government steal it by getting access to uh, the wallets that are uh, owned by these individuals by some means. So as Mark pointed out in the case of uh, the Silk Road and Dread Pirate Roberts, a.k.a. uh, Russell Ulbricht, they simply snatched him physically while he was logged into his encrypted laptop. And then they had access to all of his decrypted files uh, at that point, which would have included the wallet files for uh, the Silk Road or whatever was on his uh, his computer. Uh, in other cases, they may uh, simply use intimidation to get uh, potential you know witnesses to cooperate and turn over wallets and things like that. So that would be how. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, there yeah, could you be... know that you know that Bitcoin's not hackable that much. You know, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I just humans make sure are, that uh, people, right? people <laughs> listening are clear. Humans are hackable. Humans oh, yes. are subject to various different techniques, uh, including the ever-famous social um, manipulation. There's another term I'm, I'm missing. Social uh, engineering. Social engineering, thank you, where basically you just trick somebody. You know, And, and of course, a good example of this would be uh, phishing emails where uh, a certain email will pretend to be from another company that you might have done business with but it looks like the legitimate company's email and you're not thinking about it so you click on the link within the email and then it appears to be the company that you've uh, thought you were doing business with but it's actually a fake website that's designed to make you think that it's that company and then they ask you for your login information which you give to them because you're thinking you're logging into the site but they have actually stolen that information and they use it to get access to your actual account on that actual site that those sorts of things happen uh, all the time to people and so if you're not really careful with how you store your bitcoins then they could be in jeopardy you do have to be you okay. know aware yeah i'm just a, a gold and guns guy i don't think too much of the, the bitcoin necessarily but okay well it's not for everybody i, curious. You know? I so, hope that the gold uh, heads way north here during this uh economic downturn but it doesn't it seems to have kind of laid flat um you know i'm i'm hoping for the best but haven't seen it really moving yeah i do love so uh, love do me some little, gold uh, as well go ahead caller i do a little hobby mining around here too for gold so it's always fun to find a little gold for beer money you've actually That's awesome. done that you've actually uh panned for gold successfully yeah, northern Michigan. That's pretty UP. sweet. How long does it take to get out there and like find it? I mean, how many hours do you have to put in before you, you know, you snag some gold? Uh, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I've put in a lot of time and found very little, but mm-hmm. you know, a couple hundred dollars worth over a year or two. Okay. Beats fishing. You don't have to clean fish afterwards. Well, uh, in the heat of the day, when the fish aren't biting, is when I do the mining. I see. (laughs) And then I go back to fishing. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you there, Brother Ian, Brother Mark. Sister Arya, good evening. What's on your mind tonight, Ricky? Well, I'll tell you this. I figure maybe five, five and a half years I've been calling into this show. And I've probably talked more about civil rights than just about anything else. And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Okay. Now I'll say, you know, since I've come back upwards of six months ago, I've listened to a lot of things. A lot of things were new to me, but I'm going to talk about them tonight. Now, last night, and I'll start with this one. Now, of course, 
All civil rights are important, and I'm an advocate of all of them. But last night, I heard it was a Conejo. Now, uh, of course, free speech. Huh? Conejo, yep. Okay, good enough. But free speech, of course, is important. Now, uh, he called in, and how did he start it? Well, he, he imitated my accent, kind of like I just did now. Mm-hmm. Now, is that free speech? Of course it is, but so is. And I want to make a point here. So is making fun of somebody who wears glasses or making fun of somebody's hair or making fun of somebody's skin color or you name it. Now, is it free speech? Sure, but it's not a cool thing to do at all. Are you really upset that somebody called in and did a Ricky impression last night? No, that's not where I'm going with Is that what happened? Because I didn't hear it. Yeah, Conejo started with a couple, like, uh, doing a Ricky with, like, Sister Aria. I'm making a point here, Ian. I'm not upset. I haven't been able to have my feelings hurt since before I was an adult. Now, a couple of things I've observed, though. What's the point of bringing up Conejo's call, then? Because that has happened multiple times since I've been back. But I have a point beyond this. That's nothing. You know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Indeed. Yeah, but not making fun of somebody's accent. Be kind of like somebody ridiculing. Oh, my goodness. No, I, I, I disagree completely, Ricky. I think that this was very much imitation in the form of flattery. Okay, the guy but, okay, um, has listened to that, enough so of I your calls. Listen to, me, listen to what I'm saying. The guy's listened to enough of your calls. Listened to them. Like, he didn't turn off the radio when you came on. He <laughs> listened to them. That he could yeah. imitate your style and deliver it. He didn't say, ha, 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 Ricky's an asshole at nope, the end. He did not. He just hey, imitated You can't it. say that on radio there, Mark. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, Mark. that's I, what I, I was thinking, I, too, I but it's too late now. It, but uh, <laughs> but well, Mark well, is correct. He didn't that. insult ahead, you. He didn't go on to make his call about okay, how okay, terrible I, Ricky well, is. Wrong with that, but I have a bigger point. So I'm in this okay. Facebook group that you reminded me of. It's called Unlike You SJWs. I'm not offended and don't care at all. A novella. And it's all about, you know, people screenshotting these lengthy runs. I'm not offended at all. Like you, SJWs has like 4,000 words of them ranting okay, about how so, offended okay, they are. I have Just a bigger point here. Of that. Okay, Ricky, let's hear it. Okay. Now, I have a bigger point. Now, one thing I have heard, though, since I've come back, and it does seem different than 17. And, you know, the important thing I look at, when you have rights, people, you know, tend to think about their rights, but they tend to not think about the rights of others. You know, and I'll I'll give some examples of that. You know, something that I totally don't understand, uh, and and there's all, I don't have to even go into the list, but I'm going to give one of them. Ari was just talking. Now, it's funny because when I first called, I've always called Sister Aria, Sister Aria. But in all honesty, it took a while listening uh, till I realized that Sister Aria was a transgender girl and not just another girl host. See, because in 1968, I don't know what New Hampshire has, but Pennsylvania added an amendment to our Constitution that says, simply put, uh, that there shall be no discrimination by sex, plain and simple. And see, it's funny because I have no problem casually and easily calling, uh, referring to Ari as she, her, girl, things like that. But that's funny because most callers, I notice, tend to not do that. And to me, it seems completely natural. You know, and that's, I find, troubling. You know? So now you're upset over what callers are calling Aria? 
Well, I just think it. I think people tend to not look in the mirror, and they don't. They think about themselves, but they don't think of other people. Like, well, that's very kind of you, Ricky. However, I don't think Aria really cares about what callers say. I know, but maybe somebody, maybe a listener. That's what I'm thinking. You know, when people call in. I mean, they don't have to. It's a good thing you have Ricky here to defend you, right, Aria? Thank goodness. I mean, they don't have to care about people's rights, but imagine whether it be another caller. I don't think this is really an issue of rights, though, right? I mean, you don't have a right to have somebody call you your pronouns or whatever, right? Or well, I think there is because there's no discrimination by sex. Isn't that it? People born as men have stronger uh, upper body strength than women. Period. Right. Like so. But the solution here isn't to complain and whine about it is to say, hey, if your favorite sports league is letting people who are born biologically male compete with females, then it's an issue with that sports league. They need to be talked to by the people who care, by the people well, who buy their Social media products. is kind of how we talk now. When no, your sports league no. is getting bad press. It's no, how we engage in toxicity. Them. You contact them directly if you want them to know how you feel about a thing. And there are certain leagues who do not allow this uh, from happening. It's usually the governments that are allowing this, by the way. There was some story that I had. It's not on my show prep for tonight. But it was about a ruling by a government court that said, well, if you're a government school, you got to allow it. So it's happening within the government structures. But like actual sports leagues that are separate from the state, they get to set their own rules. And to be fair, Mark, I don't play any sports either. If I was to get back into kickboxing, I would obviously not compete in the women's division simply because I don't think that's fair. And I don't believe in I don't think it's fair either. Right. And that's but, all I'm saying. Okay, but, Ma- that- but Mark, I'm not finished. One of my best friends has a master's degree in some sort of physical education thing. I don't know. She was going to be a soccer coach or something. She played soccer in high school. She coaches girls' soccer. And she put it to me like this. No one cares about trans athletes until they win. And right. that, that's and no the bottom one would line care here. about a man competing in women's sports it until ha- he won. They lose all the time. Trans women are everywhere losing lose in women's sports. And no one's upset about that. It's not until these people win that conservatives get upset. Look, there's a biological difference. If somebody was born with an X and a Y chromosome, they're going to have a physical advantage, just as you said. And I get it. When when they lose, no one cares. And they people only care when they win. But, um, you know, like, for well, instance, when the, women, most no of them lose. when the U.S. women's soccer team lost from two goals to seven to a boys, a 15 year old boys soccer team in Texas. I think that that put a finer point on it than I ever could. I'm not familiar with so that. So the boys were it better athletes? all the time. The women's U S women's soccer team plays young men's teams all of the time and loses all of the time. It happens often. Okay. Because there's a difference between biological men and biological women. I'm That's willing what we to just say talked about. trans women all day long. Like Bar- Aria is a trans woman and deserves to be treated as such because she uh, conducts herself in such a fashion. I have no particular problem with that. But you just but, want a white knight for women's sports. <laughs> I, look, I have friends and family. Look, if my wife decided to compete in jujitsu against somebody who decided to transition, yeah. I think I'd be a little upset. Well, Well, Mark, that's not really fair because plenty of cis women, you know, born with vaginas and everything, have higher levels of testosterone than genetic men, than cisgender men. 
You know, that's right. I can see the point. I can see the point that's made, but I think that you need to make a distinction so, somewhere. Uh, no, and no, so no. here's the distinction that's, that's I'm willing to make. Since, to you, since you brought the topic up, I will put a solution on the table. And that solution is that we have two leagues, one for people who are born with two X chromosomes. And yes, you can test them. But and that's yes, useless. Some women are, will be kicked out because they thought they were women end up with, oh, my God, there's a X, X and a Y. And that will happen. There's a league for people with two X chromosomes. And then there's a league for everybody else. And that's it. There's your solution. No, that's a terrible solution because chromosomes don't, dif- chromosomes don't differentiate which one is better at sports. It's literally just testosterone. And some women have higher levels of testosterone than men. You, if you're going to measure, if you, if you want some sort of scientific basis upon which you can measure and differentiate these two groups, you have to go with testosterone levels, not chromosomes. Any, any athlete with, um, that's you know, building muscle and that kind of thing is going to have more testosterone than some sedentary dude who does what I do for a living. That doesn't matter. There are plenty of women athletes out there who have more testosterone than male athletes. We got Skeeter on the line in California. Skeeter. Yeah, hey, just felt the need to uh, call in and then uh, defend myself from uh, Bonnie when she misrepresented me after you guys hung up on me. Uh, so I wanted to like, uh, so I Peter, before you go on, really, um, hey, before yeah. you go on, I'm going to give you a little tip here. Um, I've done the show for 20 years. And I can tell yeah. you there's nothing more frustrating as the first seat. That's what Ian's doing tonight. There's nothing more frustrating at the first seat than somebody who wants to call in and talk about something that happened in the past with somebody who's uh, about somebody who's not on the show tonight. Um, I mean, it's just it's just but really you difficult. Her, you allowed her to uh, misrepresent me when you guys hung up on me. So, I didn't allow her to do anything. I didn't know what you were trying to say. No, but she represented. She started talking about how I, the history between me and her, which is only two calls. So she she kind of like made it seem like uh, you know I I did call a lot like last week, but only two of the calls were with her and Aria at the same time, and then uh, she misrepresented that saying that I only call in, and I say oh right. Okay, we're going to have the conversation anyway. After I told you that it's very frustrating as the first seat, right? You do know that's going to abbreviate your call. When Ian's frustrated, the pers- when the person in the first seat I'm is I'm just wondering how long he's going to go on for about this. Or was well, that's what I'm trying thing? to tell him. No, this no, is, I'm, I'm giving gonna, him I'm fair gonna, warning. Gonna, this is as fair of a warning as it gets, Skeeter, is that when you're in the first seat, and I've been there many a times, and I will just dump them. If, I get, if I'm sick of listening to the crap, goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this Why don't you use this opportunity instead of complaining yeah. about what one host said about you last night? Why don't you use this as the opportunity to express the thing that you had said last night that you were going to tell us about before you kept getting distracted uh, by expressing how, you, how much you didn't want to talk to Bonnie, even though you called on the night oh. Bonnie was on? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a slightly different topic because uh, I was talking about rights when uh, with her calls, I was talking about the non-aggression principle and, and the definition of aggression. So, like, oh, I was, you're that I was guy. Rehash. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Eric. Yeah, so what were you going to call exactly about? The, I was going to rehash the exact scenario I gave them and give you guys a crack at it. But also, like, in the meantime, like, you'll see, like, I wasn't just calling and say, hey, rights are ridiculous. Right. Right. <laughs> but that was what so was you were gonna, saying, right? Give you the, so What's I'm the scenario? I'm going to challenge you guys on the non-aggression principle. But I'm going okay, to uh, give the background of, of the exact scenario I gave them, which they tried okay. to avoid. <laughs> okay. I'm okay, ready to hear so it. I'm, I am, the, okay, I'm, I am the, the best at answering direct questions. Give it to me. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, as long as it's funny. But, okay, so I, I, um, 
I heard them talking about uh, the non-aggression principle, how principled you guys are, and they gave a definition of aggression. Uh, Aria gave the definition of aggression. So I called in, I challenged them, right, because she gave the definition of um, initiation of force is wrong, right? It should, ne it should never be used. The non-aggression principle, that's what it says, right? So I'm I called in, yep. I, I said... Uh, so I called in, I say, um, hey, uh, yeah, what's your definition? Uh, I just heard you say, say the definition of aggression, initiation of force. How come does that, that doesn't apply to, let's say, kids, right? Cause, uh, and then they agreed, like uh, the blonde-haired girl uh, agreed that uh, they would aggress against their kid from stopping them from making decisions. I think I gave the uh, specific example of uh, a kid wanting to commit suicide. I mean, there's other things, too, like, you know, consensual sex, uh, financial decisions. Dude, if it's Nikki anyway. you want to talk to, she will be on tomorrow. I think he wants I mean, to ask Mark no, the no, same I'm question. Just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying he wants to talk about how, how he got Nikki and Aria and Bonnie last Wednesday. Well, it sounds like he said he wanted no, to no, ask I'm, Mark the same question. I'm ready to answer the question. Is, yeah, if it is acceptable yeah. by libertarian yeah. principles to aggress against uh, kids. Is, is that the question? Yeah, but I also wanted to like complete like what exactly happened. So I just want to defend myself because she she made she portrayed me like some. Okay, so you guy just no want to keep living in the past and talking about what somebody said to you on another show. But you did get the you question out, kind of. So I'm gonna put you on hold here, Mark. Now, as a father, you've actually had Peter. to deal with uh, with this situation. I think you actually told us about uh, one time when I don't know if it was Jack was like running toward the road at your old house and you had to grab him, right? Like what? Pick him uh, up, right? Yeah. I stopped his volition um, of uh, running out into a busy highway. Um, another time, uh, you know, hey, I had to go somewhere and I can't leave him sitting there on his own playing with, uh, you know, cookies and Batman figures. I've got to, we got to go. And, um, you know, he didn't want to get in the car seat at that moment. So, you know, little push, little click, click, and off we go. Let's talk about the suicide question. I think that's an interesting one, Mark. You said you would stop the person. I, think I would stop an adult, a child, anyone that I thought was attempting to commit suicide. I am of the opinion that it is a short-sighted action mm -hmm. and that um, you know, you, if you're out in public doing it, you're creating a mess for somebody else to clean up. That much um, is true. You know, and it's very basic. Right. So well, we got to remove that and the law from the equation in the first place because in modern American society, if you let someone kill themselves, you're, you're probably going to be charged with some sort of manslaughter. I, I would imagine, like, if you know okay, they're going to kill themselves, if jumping off a bridge and you're walking by, you're not going to get in trouble for it. But okay, okay. I, I could as a, let's a, say, as a person with the Red Cross certifications. Let, let's say they're doing it in the safe, in the comfort of their home. They're not doing this out in public. They're not going to blow their brains out in front of any children or any of these other things. It's just, it's just straight up suicide. That's it. But then you probably wouldn't okay. know about it, right? Well, for, for whatever reason you know about, it. they text you like, "Hey, I'm about to kill myself. So can you come get my dog tomorrow or whatever?" Okay. Um, I, I think the best suicide I'd ever heard of was actually um, like a relative of one of the hosts of Free Talk Live at the time. It's been close to 15 years, I'm sure. Um, and she went out into the woods when it was, you know, deadly cold in New Hampshire. And she didn't come back. She brought a, a bottle of liquor and she never came back. Now, Jeez. there's a problem. Helium is so much better than that. Uh, look, I'm not giving people advice on how to commit suicide. Well, I'm saying, they should minimize their suffering if they're going to kill themselves. They should minimize the freaking mess they're going to make all over the wall. Well, yeah, and helium like is to... going to do that, too. Like, what do you do with it, the helium? It, it suffocates you, but because it, your body doesn't produce carbon dioxide when you exhale because it's just mm -hmm. helium, it doesn't trigger the panic reflex, so you just sort of pass out and fall asleep and die. 
I uh, so I think to, as far as whether or not to stop someone from committing suicide, I think it has to do with well, what are their reasons for committing suicide? Is this someone why with just a, stop them? A terminal... They can figure. They can do it if they want to do it. They can do it again later. Really, like what have I cost them in time and money? You've made them stay alive. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, so uh, what? I'm willing I, to do it. That's I don't not feel your like, right. Yeah, I don't feel like I should go I, against. Someone I'm willing else's to wishes. violate the non-aggression principle in this circumstance. I get it. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure I, I'm I don't agree, do but I get it. Okay. Yeah, I, I would tend to lean against stopping from uh, someone from committing suicide simply because it's not my decision. I don't feel like it's my decision to make. If they want to kill themselves, then they've got some sort of reason for that, whether it's rational or irrational. Uh, it could be someone who has a, uh, t- a terminal illness. And they've decided that they, you know, they're a burden to their their family, yep. and they don't want to uh, go on living. Or it could just be somebody who's suffering from a bout of depression, and they would pull out of it, and they would have a, a better life down the line. I don't. In many cases, I wouldn't know uh, one way or another, and I just don't feel like it. Uh, I think I, it's I context like specific, right? Like if it was just some sixteen year old girl who was cutting herself, like okay, look, first of all, no, just relax, stay off the internet, stay away from the bullies or whatever, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You're not fat. What to stay off of Instagram, whatever. But if it was someone who like some forty year old dad who just lost his kids in the divorce and he's living out of you know the heroin hotel over here on West Street and you know he's got nothing to live for, he's like I'm just gonna kill myself. Like these are two very different situations, and one of those. Like with the teenager who's just depressed or anxiety or whatever, you can reasonably talk them out of it. They'll almost certainly be glad they stayed alive. But some people, you know, they, they're past any any point of hope. And if they want to kill themselves, I'm not going to stop them. I'll offer them suggestions on doing it without making a mess. My my thought process on it is is that if they're really beyond hope or whatever, and they can do it when I'm not p- passing by, like they'll have another opportunity. All right. Uh, I think it's selfish to want someone else to stay alive because it would inconvenience you if they didn't. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, don't wouldn't call bad. it an inconvenience. You know what's an inconvenience? What? Stopping and um, bothering with somebody who who had you know takes the the trouble of killing themselves out in public. We removed the public thing from the scenario. No one, no one. Well, I'm not going into people's no houses. One. Hey, hey, are you committing suicide in there? I'm not knocking on doors, seeing if people are committing suicide in their house. So we're having a discussion about an imaginary situation that's never going to come up. Sounds like well, it. That sounds like libertarians, I've, man. So, so we're having a discussion about the imaginary person who's going to kill themselves out in the streets in front of the imaginary children and traumatize them for life because they're going to use a gun. It's going to be imaginarily traumatizing. But to go well, back could, to the outside idea. Somebody has to – okay, in that household – and now you're, you're talking about helium, and I think that's a much better choice. Um, you know, the, the first thing is don't make a mess. But, I mean – for instance, ServPro has to come in and clean the brains off the wall every single day in this country. And that's a really crappy thing to do to somebody's psyche. Oh, I agree. That's why I talk about, you know, helium. Hey, look, people, if you're going to kill yourselves, don't use a gun. Use helium. But people who research. are killing themselves in many cases are screaming out for help. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, you guys were talking about the whole suicide thing, but one point you know, nobody brought up was the uh, 
how selfish and, and, and self-centered it is to when, to do it because of the, all the pain you leave for the people behind you. A buddy of mine, he had a beautiful wife, three little beautiful toe-headed babies, you know, from like eight to three or something. And he was a good carpenter. He lived around a little pothole lake. He had all the work around the lake there. But, I mean, I've been an independent contractor my whole life, too. And sometimes winters up here get tough, you know. The, the bean, bean pot gets mighty low. And uh, so Christmas was coming, and he was obviously broke. And uh, he must have tied one on. He was a drinker. But anyway, he got in his head because he had this life insurance policy that if he killed himself, mm. his kids could have Christmas. Does life insurance does life insurance cover suicides? Some of them do. I don't know. He had some kind of a policy that he figured was going to cover it because he died. He he, he didn't. It wasn't couldn't be logged as a suicide because he killed himself in his automobile. Okay, there's a, a T-bone intersection way out in the country. Mm-hmm. You got a cornfield on both corners, so you can see traffic coming a half mile away, right? Well, where the straight road comes into the T-bone, there's a, like a three four foot big cottonwood tree. And uh, so he was barreling at this damn thing, and there was traffic coming. Somebody, there was a little bar on the corner, and somebody spotted him because he turned around and made that run two, three times before the traffic was clear, and then he went headfirst into that damn tree. Yeah, and I also don't necessarily agree that it's selfish for someone to kill themselves. You know, that there is a lot of variables there. I, I don't well, think Harry, it's... Think about, think about them kids. You yeah. think them kids would have rather had candy canes and a new, new bicycle or, or their father? I'm not going to make any assumptions about what those kids would have wanted, man. I don't think you should either. I think it's He's a safe bet. For those children for the rest of their lives. I think that's, I don't think that's true. Well, let me ask I you this, Aria. You have stated on the show that, um, hold on just one second. You've stated on the show that one has a responsibility as a parent to provide certain things to their child, Right. Yeah. Well, is one of those things being alive the amount of time that you can be alive? I am not saying it's good for people to kill themselves. I'm saying I don't necessarily agree that it's always selfish to kill themselves. And you're both going to this one example of, okay, but it's selfish to your kids. Okay, well, then let's remove kids from the equation and just have someone who kills themselves again. But it is a realistic okay. thing. I mean, I, I agree that people have a right to end their this, own lives. Yeah, I also... Uh, we just keep going right back to, oh, but the kids, won't someone think of the children? And I hate that tactic. Well, I mean, it is a pretty effed up situation uh major hang on one sec i I have uh, also known known someone who has had this happen where the uh the dad did kill himself i believe it was a messy one as a matter of fact i don't think he did it in front of more violent ways i don't think that he did it in front of the kids which of course would be even more uh damaging but it was something where you know they were pretty young at the time and i don't think there's any doubt that it has had some kind of negative or deleterious effect on the lives of those now adult uh they've grown up but uh that's that's got to be a tough thing to deal with as uh, as a very young child so i definitely get the argument that if you've got kids you definitely have you know you have an investment that you should probably pull through on sure but that's very different from saying that suicide is always selfish well, I think that he was pointing out that I don't I didn't hear the words always and he was pointing out the selfishness that is inherent in suicides. And kids are the easiest thing to go to. I'll give you that. Saying that is inherently selfish, Mark, is the same as saying it's always selfish. Jesus Christ. Selfishness there is inherence 
inherent selfishness in suicide. There isn't. That in some cases exists more than others. Well, I think that it is selfish, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it, we're all selfish. We all do things for sure. ourselves before anybody else. If okay, in that context, of, sure, it's selfish. Yeah, if you don't take care of yourself first, then how can you help anybody else? And similarly, somebody who's committing suicide is thinking about themselves, right? Like they're thinking, oh, you know, whatever their problem is, right? Whether it's uh, they have a, a terminal illness, and then, of course, most people would agree, that's fine, you know, take your life, that sucks to saddle your kids with that. So we were looking at this story about the Trump supporters, the uh, the right-wingers, the Republicans. Are they changing their tune on law enforcement and the Washington Post had a piece about it here talking about the at least the rhetoric changing somewhat. They say last week, this Carrie Lake person, who is apparently a Trump ally who lost the Arizona governor's race, said uh, she hinted at potential violence when she said any pursuit of Trump would have to go through her and, quote, 75 million Americans, unquote, like her, adding that, quote, most of us are card carrying members of the National Rifle Association. Maybe that's not even one in four Americans. That's card-carrying members of... Yeah, well, she's like, you're going to have to go through one in four Americans. I, that's, okay. I mean, if they're armed, then that would be relatively difficult to do. She stressed in a Monday appearance Yeah, on, but these are, these are card-carrying NRA members and you know, normal Republicans here. This isn't like, this isn't like Ruby Ridge, a libertarian-type second, second Amendment rights person. She he did, said, that, don't take our bump stocks. Oh, you took our bump stocks. Okay, well, don't <laughs> right. take our... Oh, you took that too. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a great point. And uh, some of the, the best critics, I think, of the whole Second Amendment viewpoint are that it's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of flush, fluff. You know, that there's a lot of talk, a lot of hot air out there about how, you know, the government's going to have to, you know, go through us to get our guns. And well, they, they clearly just, are succeeding because, I mean, they... All they have to do is ban them, and you people will turn over your guns. There was some ban that went in. Oh, but it was the uh, the brace. Uh, they have these braces instead of um, I can't remember stocks or something. Pardon me, I don't know all the terminology. But there's a brace ban that went through recently uh, from the AT- BATF. You and triggered half the internet just now, Mark. How dare you? I know. I know they, they. I don't know everything about guns, but um, you know what? I, what difference does it make? Load some shells into that clip, man. <laughs> it's loads right into the clip, <laughs> and then ploing, just like an M1 Garand. Um, and I probably mispronounced that too, because I've only read about it in books. So in this case, uh, nine out of ten people with these uh, these particular braces, they haven't done anything. They haven't reported themselves or done whatever it is that they need to do. So right now, at this very moment, Americans, uh, gun-owning Americans are en masse participating in civil disobedience. But maybe. I mean, if we knew that these people actually had these devices, then there would be some sort of registry and, you know, we would the, the FBI or ATF or whatever would be pursuing it. So we're just speculating that these people actually had the devices that they claim to have and didn't turn them over. I would uh, not call it civil disobedience. I think at best you're dealing with non-cooperation. Okay. Uh, and it also presumes that these people are aware that this, has hap- that this has happened, right? Like, I mean, how many how many people are paying attention? Ignorance to- of the law is no excuse. I understand that. But how many people are actually paying attention to what Congress is banning and what they're not banning? How many it wasn't people Congress. Are- Okay, the ATF, right? Like even less the ATF likely. ATF changed its interpretation of what a stock was. Yeah, so it's even less likely that people would be aware of it. 
Uh, when Didn't they change happen. the definition of what a gun was to like a, an index card shaped size piece of metal yeah, with some a, marks a on it? Yeah, machine gun. Yeah, qualifies as a gun. Yeah. Uh, she stressed in a Monday appearance on Stephen Bannon's talk show. talk about what is a woman. Talk about those guys. <laughs> that Tuesday's gatherings should be peaceful. Some Democrats have criticized Republicans for using such talk as they see to seek for seek portraying themselves as the party of law and order, call out left-wing protesters as threats to public safety. Broadly, the Republican response reflects a larger turn the party has taken during the Trump era as the former president has repeatedly castigated institutions that were once more revered in GOP circles but have now become targets for relentless criticism. The Republican Party has billed itself as the party of law and order for decades, dating back to Richard Nixon's 1968 campaign when he coined that phrase to win over voters after a tumultuous period of anti-war demonstrations, riots, and the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Senator Robert Kennedy. Are the Democrats upset that the Republicans aren't law and order enough? Is that what That's what it's sounding said? like, yes. They're like, how dare you disrespect our institutions of FBI and their law and order? So the Democrats well, are the law and order candidates yes, they are. now? Yes, that's when I was listening to this Lake character that um, Ian was talking about in the beginning of the article, I was hearing all the rhetoric that she was saying, and I was applying it to leftists. I don't find any surprise to that um, verbiage coming out of the mouth of some leftist protester at some leftist event, except for the NRA part. When she mentioned um, they'll have to come through us and our you know, 75 million NRA carrying whatever. Yeah, I was talking to a gentleman today, um, younger guy. He's probably college age uh, would be my guess. And he was talking about how he had a stop and frisk scenario in Mexico City yesterday. Mm. So he was, you know, out and about. And I, I couldn't say anything more about where he was. I don't know enough about Mexico City to say whether the neighborhood he was in was good or bad or mm -hmm. anything. He's staying at a hostel. I know that much. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's not spending a bunch on hotels and he's a tall kid. And if it's a hostel, then I think we can extrapolate from that. It's probably not going to be a ritzy neighborhood would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, usually it's just the hostels tend to spring up in the places people want to stay, though. It's it's not ritzy. Certainly not. Um, so he said he made eye contact while talking. On, he was on the phone with his dad and uh, he made eye contact briefly with, you know, the guys driving by in the trucks um, here in Mexico. You'll often see what look like army guys that are in fact just cops. And even sometimes they'll have like a 50 cal mounted. Well, in these the are back. federal cops just to be clear. Yep. This is fed, fed cops, right? Yep. Okay. And so, um, you know, these guys, uh, they, they pulled around and, you know, he's just talking on his phone. They, they come up to him and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why were you running? And <laughs> that was the first thing they're asking is why were you running? Was he running? Um, so no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like, and and this is the Already equivalent to a great of start. right. You know, you know what's going on. You know what's happening now. So he's he's very much thrown off his game, mm -hmm. and um, I think that his biggest mistake was getting off the phone with his dad at that moment. Mm -hmm. um, so he hangs up on his dad. Dad, I gotta go. You know, and uh, then he starts answering their questions. Was like, what are you doing here? I'm just waiting. 
was talking on the phone. You know, he's answering questions. And then, you know, it, it, it's moments. In the United States, you don't usually have to answer those questions. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And I would be curious what happened if you if you if he had said and his his Spanish is very good. If he had said something like, hey, I just want to talk to my lawyer before I let you go frisking me or whatever. But they asked, you know, they said they were going to frisk him or something. And uh, that's sort of what happened and presumably they were looking for drugs and they'd ask him, they asked him about drugs and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's been sober for years. <laughs> he doesn't do drugs. And um, so ultimately these guys, you know, just uh, well, be careful out there and they leave. Mm-hmm. And now it could be any variety of things caused this, right? It could have been the eye contact of a tall guy uh, against a short guy. These, he said the, the guy that gave him trouble was five foot four. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, you know, that uh, they mistook him for uh, a Chilongo, somebody from uh, Mexico City, and then they realized, oh, this is an American, and then they decided to wrap it up pretty quickly. He thinks that once they figured out he was American, because um, they kept asking him where he was, where he's living, and he's like, well, I'm staying here at the hostel. Where, mm-hmm. where do you live? I, I I'm Denver, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, and I'm not entirely sure. I'm just trying to relay a story. And that story is is an American got frisked for no particularly good reason in Mexico. Now, fortunately, that was the story. It probably lasted a full minute. But you can believe that story is going to go on and on and on. People are going to he's going to tell it over and over again. So I wanted to make sure as we were talking um, you know, last night about how one can be more free. And that's what everybody says on the internet, but that I had an experience um, listening to a story where somebody was less free. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. It probably gives you a window into the world of, you know, a poor Mexican person who has to deal with cops. Like he doesn't this. look like a poor Mexican person, by the way. So okay. it could be a class thing from in, in all likelihood, these uh, these federal police are hired from the hinterland. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. because they'll work for less and the you know, the the Chilangos in Mexico City tend to work at jobs that they get paid more. What's that word mean? Chilango. It just means a person from Mexico City. They have a special word for that. Yeah. OK. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, I'm Andrew. Andrew, you're on the air. Hey, I've got a question for Mark. Yes. Um, I'm Mark, don't you promote moving to Honduras? Well, I promote um, going to where you're treated best. And I think that there are a couple of places in Honduras that one could make an argument are the freest places in the world. So why aren't the people in Honduras going to those places instead of coming to America? Well, you've got, um, me, really, you've got me really befuddled there. Okay. I'll be happy to answer the question for you. So <laughs> what? Go ahead, Mark, with your answer to the question. I'm, okay. I'm waiting for your answer. I was just, it just seems like a lot of hypocrisy. Okay. Well, do you want an answer or do you want to get me? Because I'll go ahead and let you just uh, rail well, against me if you'd like. I mean, it's not hard to get you, Mark. You leave yourself wide open for gotcha moments. Okay. Which, can you tell me how you got me? Because I'd like to be able to get better for the future. Well, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You're like, oh, these people from Honduras, they want to move to America because they make, they have such a better life. But then you're like, they make five times as much. Move to Honduras from America. So, 
doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I, what I would say, in fact, you is, is if you just said that, you can go back and listen to it. What I would say is, is if you care deeply about the ideas of liberty, that there are places in Honduras, Zedes, they're called Zonas Economicas, uh, Economic and Education Development Zones, and that these places now currently have a few uh, housing units. And by a few, I mean like 64, I think, is the current number. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of room. And most of the people who live there are Hondurans. But, you know... The, and they open unlicensed stores and things like that. But as you know, it takes a while for economic development to occur. You don't just open a convenience store that sells potato chips and then cha-ching, you buy a Rolls Royce the next day, right? It takes a while to, to develop these things. And these economic development zones, they had their first housing units available uh, two years ago, and now they've gotten an, a grand total of 64. There will be many more units available by the end of the year, but um, at this point, that's all there is. So why do you need people to move to Honduras from America? I don't. Is there like a skill set that the Hondurans don't have? Why do I need people to move to Honduras? Um, well, one of my issues is is that um, I'm deeply concerned about the Free State Project always promoting, we're the freest place on the planet. On social media, they'll say things that are just outrageous comparing themselves to other states. And it frustrates me because um, I consider the truth to be really important. So what I try to say is, is these places are, in fact, freer. And I've traveled around and I've looked I've stayed there. I actually have a have an apartment rented in one of these places. So, um, you know, I can speak from experience. Well, you know, Mark, you've honestly, over the last five years, you've really disappointed me because I've <laughs> I have listened to this show for probably a decade. And you used to be really good about rights and stuff. And I just can't see that, you know, somebody like me, like, I just don't see what, what's the benefit of me moving to Honduras versus New Hampshire. I, I'm going to be way more free in New Hampshire. I knew it. I, I knew you were a free state pro project proponent. Because why in the world would you call in and have a problem with what, what, what I've got to talk about I'm otherwise? I'm not a free state project. I, I haven't, okay. I've been listening for a decade. I haven't moved, and okay. I haven't signed anything. I'm okay. a fan of freedom and liberty, and everybody has their reasons for why they stay where they stay. But I'm just saying you're not doing a service for freedom and liberty with what you're doing. Hong Kong was uh, successful because it was for two reasons. A, it's far more economically free than China uh, near which it sat. And it's very close to China. So it made a great uh, place to sort of interface with the Western world. Same thing was true with Singapore. And these ideas were not lost on, you know, the world leaders. These world leaders figured out, let's just create special economic zones to the point that currently hundreds of special economic zones are created per year. And I think the number is over 10,000 exist currently. And I'm not talking about just uh, regular ones like opportunity zones in the U.S. If you started adding those in, you'd get up to the tens of thousands very quickly. Um, so these special economic zones are, are no longer even special. 
right? Like they're, they're just economic zones mm -hmm. and they're attracting business hand over fist and people are doing business. And um, the people who are doing business in these places are making a lot of money and being very successful. So the next, to me, logical step is to create a special autonomous zone, a zone that's able to set up not only its own economic laws and economic rules, but able to set up other civil rules and that sort of thing. And this isn't an independent nation by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a place where you can go and be more free than you currently are. Now, are they in their infancy? You better believe it. They're absolutely in their infancy. And do I think it's a good idea to go there? Well, as a person, as the only person in this conversation that has stayed, stayed there overnight multiple times, um, I'm going to say, eh, you got to really want to be a pioneer to go to one of these places. But if you're going to make the wild claim that New Hampshire is going to be the free place and it's going to secede from the union, like that's the crazy position. That's the position oh, where 20,000 people are going to affect uh, 1.4 million. It's laughable. Go ahead, Andrew. Okay. So I didn't make any claims about where, where's the most free place to live because in, in my observations with life, like one thing that bothers me about what you say are economic zones, you know, like that almost, you know, that seems like you're just replacing. That's the problem with our country in the first place is we already have too many, quote unquote, economic zones that are funded by the federal government. I mean, that's literally what our whole that's what our whole existence is, is play by the rules of the and we're trying to get away from that and you're just trying to draw people to a different version of that and i mean it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense it doesn't align with anything and you know i don't want to go to a place that is fundamentally less free already and then try to recreate what they're doing because it's already hard enough in the place that's already more free supposedly than any other place and, you know, we can still protest around here. You can't go outside of your little economic zone and do anything without Well, fear. you could. It's just not a good idea. <laughs> when I mean, you kind of can't leave the economic zone without being mugged, right? Yeah, I was going to say, when, well, you, when you talk about not a good idea, like, you mean it's not even a good idea to go to the walk to the grocery store that's outside right. of, I mean, because you could be so murdered. It's what you're saying, what you're, like... You're you're trying to okay. You know what, Mark? If you and all the people like you want to go and move somewhere, then I would love it if you just moved and went there, and y'all all do whatever y'all do in your little zone. That's fine. Go do that. But you're not really you're not really talking about freedom for everybody. You're talking about freedom. For your little group of people. Well, you and know? that's true. Uh, Andrew, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Mark has been clear in recent years on the show that he doesn't give a damn about other people's freedom. He's only in it for Mark, and he wants what's best for Mark. And you know what? That's fine. That's a, it's a, it's a typical you know, position. Most people want what's best for themselves and their family members and all that. We, we all have to look out for our best interests, but... There is more to freedom than your own interest. It's, it's for everybody because as long as your neighbor's struggling, you're going to struggle. Until, until your neighbor can be pulled up and lifted up and do better, then you can't do better. 
I mean, that's just how it goes. Well, I think you, you know, also kind of stumbled onto an interesting point, and that is that Mark says that the Zona Economica, the one in uh, City, where it's like a closed-off, walled-off place on the mainland in Honduras where Mark has an apartment but has only spent so many nights there in one year's time frame. I think uh, Mark's saying that you have to be the sort of pioneering type at the same time is admitting he's not that type of person because he's not spending most of the year in Zona Economica Ciudad Morazan, right? Mark, how many nights per year are you spending in this place? I'm going to go ahead and say... Less than two weeks, more than one. Okay, so this is well, basically a vacation spot for you. I mean, you, you've essentially well, why would got one a... go on a vacation there? I mean, it's not even a nice place to visit. Well, the the more critical thing for me is something that we just sort of glazed over, but it's the fact that, you know, you might get mugged or killed for just, I mean, this is a walled-in place, and just going to the grocery store, you might be mugged or killed, right? Well, I mean, that's I a that... weird brand of freedom if walking 50 feet down the street you could die it's much further than 50 feet from what well, i understand but oh, yeah you're not going 50, you're not finding anything 50 feet down the street okay, this, fine. this place is rural okay and then insert so, whatever freaking number makes well, makes mark two happy miles. and ask yes, the question again two miles through the slums of um, honduras then yes you're liable to get mugged and i will not take responsibility for that you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.